0: Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have uh, Fred Kutzer with Kutzer Financial Services in Bel Air, Maryland. How you doing, Fred? Doing fantastic, Gary. Thanks for joining me today. So tell me a little bit about what made you uh, pursue the career um, in, in business and, and what you're doing now.
1: Uh, like, like a lot of young folks, I followed my father in the business. Uh, my dad was uh, working for an insurance company for 37 years. I followed him at the age of 25. I'm now 56 years of age. So I've been doing this a long time, and uh, it came in as an insurance man, but I really had the lure and helping people look at not just their insurance, but their whole financial situation. That's where the financial advisor really was more attractive to me.
0: Okay. If you knew, if you knew now with, then, what would that one item be?
1: That one item truly was, uh, you know, a 25-year-old kid coming into business, it was an insurance business, didn't really understand how important it was that you really push that savings envelope a little bit harder maybe in the very beginning. Uh, You know, I did like everyone else, I did the match of the 401k, Uh, probably should have done a little bit more. Now I'm reaping the benefits from what I did start at 25. I think a lot of my fellow friends that came into our business maybe later in life, and they really didn't understand the power of starting savings young. And it doesn't matter what your job is. If you're the guy who's working as a mechanic and they offer you a 401k, making sure you not just do what they're offering you that match them, but put a little bit extra in. Uh, when I came in, I was an insurance guy. I was not in the investment side. Uh, my dad was an insurance man. He didn't teach me investments. But boy, oh boy, I wish I would have started a little bit earlier, but maybe be a little bit more aggressive than I probably was told to be. Okay. I guess it defines success. Success maybe- for, me, it, it, for me has always been uh, – I have a crazy work ethic, Uh, you know, even with this pandemic, I'm here every single day. Uh, You know, I'll take calls at night, uh, do whatever I got to do. My dad was a guy who didn't have a high school education, became one of the most successful insurance men. So to follow his footsteps, I don't want to be giving success because I'm my dad's son. Uh, I had a chip on my shoulder to make sure every day that I earned where I was in life. But the beautiful thing about success is it comes in the form of helping others. And what you and I do, we're sitting down with folks to put them in a better position. At the same time, we get rewarded for it. And success also comes because you're referred. If you're doing the right thing for a client, you know, they tell their friends, you need to call Fred or you need to call Gary. Uh, Success comes in many different ways. But, you know, I want to be as successful as can be. I want to give that to my children as well that they see dad has work ethic, which unfortunately we joke about a lot of times in today's society is not where it was 30 years ago. Uh, But if we instill that in our children, you know, dad goes to work every day, whether he has to or not, uh, he has that work ethic. And I think everything begins and ends with work ethic. It's how we were raised back in those days. And success comes with that. If you put in the time, you stay knowledgeable whatever your practice is, the rewards are going to come with it.
0: What are some of the questions your clients should be asking you that they don't ask?
1: Some of the questions they should ask is, and we chatted about it on a personal basis is, am I maximizing all my monies? And what that means is not always is it growing our monies, but let's say we're a retiree. Am I maximizing my ability to take money out of my accounts? Because we know what our tax bracket is today, and the client doesn't look at the exit plan of their money as much as they look at the growth of their money. And I'm here to make sure everybody understands the exit plan is just as important as getting the money to grow to where we want to be. And what that means is right now a husband and wife can make up to $70,000 of joint gross income, and they're only in a federal tax bracket of 12%. Most of us during the working years, we're probably in anywhere from a 27 to 29% tax bracket. If we pass away, a lot of our clients don't ever ask the question is, what's the tax impacts to my children, to my heirs? I don't think they ever ask it. I bring it up because I am concerned about the transfer of wealth. And wealth means not giving IRS the biggest benefit. So they're always about accumulation they're never about the exit plan, and it's not their fault. It's simply something that's out of their mindset as far as where am I going to be in the long term. But an exit plan with the money, and when I say exit doesn't mean you dissolve the money, but maybe I go ahead and pay taxes now 12% or 22 if I'm making up to $160,000, still a great federal tax bracket, but then maybe I move it into an after-tax account added TOD to it for my husband and wife. Now those assets pa- pass to my children 100% tax-free. So what
0: are um, some of your clients' biggest fears and concerns, and how did you address
1: those? With The biggest concerns to the average person out there is a lot of things. Uh, when you really sit down and you start asking questions, the average financial advisor is not asking them, how do we maximize your social security? You cannot view social security By its own entity. The only way you look at Social Security is knowing, do I have other assets maybe I could pull from while leave Social Security to continue to grow? Other aspects of Social Security. You know, how's my life expectancy? Am I a healthy individual? Am I expected to live to age 80, 85 years of age? There's so many questions we really need to look at in the big picture for the client. And it's not just their money. The money is one aspect of it. But do they have a pension? Uh, What is their life expectancy? Social Security. When do I turn it on? A lot of people don't realize Social Security, in the state of Maryland at least, we pay no state tax on social security benefits. In the perfect world, I want that to be their largest check coming to them in retirement. Now, we also got to hedge a bet. What if the larger the two incomes dies earlier than we took it early? We we sucked up one benefit for the rest of our life. We're stuck with that lower benefit for the rest of our life. For my personal situation, my income substantially more than my wife's will ever be. I'm going to leave my social security alone until age 70. Why is that? Well, God forbid I died at 71. My wife will always have my benefit going forward for the rest of her life. When you take the larger benefit early, you sacrifice that secondary person because we all forget that when one of us dies, one of the shows, security check is gone. It's gone forever, the lower one. So maybe we turn the early, the, the smaller one early. And the reason being is we get that income coming in the door but we're not relying on that as the long-term benefits. We are relying on the larger benefit. Then you say, well, how do I make up with that? Well, we're talking about tax brackets. If I can pull money out of my IRA now to lead my social security grow, and I can pull it out at a 12% federal tax bracket, I win, I'm ahead of the game, because I'm betting on the long game. A lot of our clients, and it's not their fault, it's not what they do for a living, they're always looking at the short game. Where am I going to be in two years, three years? I'm going to make this decision now, but they're not looking about when I make those decisions, how's it going to affect me 10 years from today? You know, life expectancy today, you know, the average person today is living well into their 80s. It's nothing uncommon today to see somebody live in their 90s or 100. So what if I plan my retirement at 62, 63, and I live to age 82, and I took these benefits at the worst time possible? So again, when we sit down with a client, it's not just asking about their money, it's looking at the whole picture and making sure they're understanding where we're trying to go in the long run.
0: So what's the, the most common mistake that you see your clients make?
1: Turning on social security when they don't even need it. They literally will say to me, Fred, I turned it on because I spoke to them. and I always say, don't talk to water cooler Joe for financial advice. <laughs> They're sitting there, and what does their friend say to him? You need eternal social security. You won't live long enough to recoup what you would have lost. Well, it's a 12-year scale, the difference between if I turned it on 62. So if I lived to 70, I'd make it to age 82. I'm in a win-win situation. And if it's not me living to 82, maybe it's my wife. But they're talking to their friend. They're saying, oh, Social Security is not going to be there for you when you get there. I don't believe that for a minute, that it's not going to be there. Because if you think about it, every single American is dependent on Social Security. If we could pull out $3 trillion to help out Americans today, I think they'll figure out a way to make sure Social Security is there for Americans. Because we're in a society today where only less than 40% of Americans have a pension. So what do you think the most guaranteed thing that they're expecting in life? It's Social Security. And if we take that away from Americans, we've got people that can't eat food. We're not going to have people that can't go out and do anything. So taking your Social Security on because your friend told you to is the worst mistake possible. And you might not even need to turn it on, Gary. Yeah, I
0: I... Just me, I hear that quite often with the uh, tax advice uh, with people. Well, so-and-so told me that I need to, to do this. <laughs> and so I'm right there with you. What, um, why is having someone like you, a financial advisor, um, helpful for a client?
1: It's, it's no different than a, we also do taxes in our office and we have an accountant here. Having somebody guide us in a part, portion of life, we all need that. Uh, I always joke about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, to me, was the greatest baseball player ever. He never stops thanking the coaches that helped him along the way, whether it been a Dean Smith, whether it was when he was with the Bulls. and when he, you, know, you know, the greatest athletes in the world always had a coach on their side. I don't know everything. I have an account to do my taxes. And I'm a pretty smart guy. I could probably do them on my own. But I need the advice as well. Uh, Whether it be going to a gym and you haven't been in a gym in 15 years, asking for a trainer to sit down with you and get you on a routine, on a situation. But we're talking about the greatest thing you have in front of you, which is your future. And you want somebody who has eyes looking at all aspects, the social security, Am I invested properly? Am I invested too aggressive for my age? Obviously, we can't invest like we did when we were thirty, when we we're sixty, because we can't take the hits. Uh, but somebody's going to look at all aspects and the taxes. When do I take money in and out? This is not easy stuff. You want somebody who's seasoned. You want a kid. You know, not knocking the young guys out there, but a, you know, a new kid who just got his uh, financial advisor degree. You want somebody with a little gray hair on their head who's been around for a long time. We've seen situations, Gary, like we're dealing with today with the pandemic. You know, we haven't seen this before, but we saw what happened in 07-08. We saw what happened in 2000-2001. And we guided people then, and we're guiding people today. And those phone calls that come in to know that they got somebody to talk to instead of, in fact, this weekend, had a guy come up to my Delaware house to move his 401k. Uh, The company has dissolved, but he couldn't have been any more thankful. He left it there. He's been retired from that company for five years, but he had no one to tell him what to do. It came through a referral. And when he left our house, he was so appreciative that somebody's there for him to talk to as he gets into this world called retirement. And, you know, when you feel it from the clients, to know, that that connection's there. You have a person, and I'm not a big believer in, hey, you know, I go to this place here, and six months later, it's a new person. Have an advisor who's going to stay with the same company you're with for many years ahead. Ask that question. You know, what is your plan? You know, ask your advisor. Uh, Are they going to stay at the banking industry for the next 30 years? Probably not. They come and go. Uh, but have a trusted advisor to hold you by the hand because they're going to have questions. They're going to have situations and they're going to want somebody to talk to. We all do.
0: So working with such a a wide variety of people and issues, um, what's the most important thing that you think that you've learned so
1: far? Number one is to minimize the risk. When I have a client over the age of 60, I'm a big football fan. So to give you an analogy, as a football player, and the coach, when you have the ball in the 20-yard line, we like to call that the red zone. And the red zone is important because most of us believe that our kicker, kicker can make at least three points at that point. What can we not afford to do when we're in the red zone? A fumble, an interception. And that's invested improperly. Investing because I let it be, hey, 20 years ago, it recovered from 07, 08, but now I'm 64. I can't invest and assume that I'm going to recover because what I'm getting closer to Gary is what you help your clients with is I'm getting closer to the withdrawal phase. Now before I was in the accumulation phase, but I'm getting closer to that thing called the accumulation phase. What can I not do their accumulation phase? I can't take a big gut punch. I can't lose 40% at this stage of my life. I'm going to retire. I'm not putting new money in anymore. So the biggest thing that we guide people in is making sure their position so when these days happen like we're dealing with right today that you're not losing sleep your position you might have lost a little bit but you will be able to recover because we weren't that aggressive
0: right um who would be the ideal client for you and what would their pain points be
1: the pain points would be uh my ideal client would be somebody over the age of 59 and a half uh, they haven't decided what to do with their 401k yet because when we're over the age of 59 and a half we can leave our money in a 401k but now you have an in-service withdrawal ability but let's say I've accumulated half a million dollars with the company I've worked for for 30 years. but inside that 401k, I'm allowed 15 choices. most of them are lifestyle funds but there' are 15 choices they're really not truly diversified and if we pass away we leave our money in a 401k we know what the inherited ira is if i leave a half a million dollars that company the 401k does not work with the children they'll work with a spouse the spouse can leave it there but what happens to the children so we're talking about education we're talking about guiding we can position that 401k into an ira So now I have up to 10 years if I'm the child to withdraw mom and dad's 401k IRA. But if I leave in the 401k, there's nobody can give me advice on the other side to say to my kids, sit down with them and say, hey, guys, here's our options. You can take it in lump sum still, but you now can take it and spread it possibly over 10 years and minimize the tax effects of that. So it's really important that we look at that 59 and a half ages that's where we really can insert ourselves to start the process and then we start to lay out what is your goals in life what is your goals to you know when you're going to retire you know obviously at 50 you're probably not there yet but when you get to that 59 and a half now you have the ability to move your 401k you can start putting all your things in order position things properly Can't do it at 55 because, again, your employer, 401k, doesn't allow you to move money out. You still contribute if you're going to work for that company for many years to come. But in the meantime, you can get that lump sum repositioned into an IRA. So now I have a little bit more options out there as far as investment risk.
0: Right. Uh, What would you like to see the first steps that one of these ideal clients uh, would make?
1: First thing is making sure that they're willing to work and you know, be open minded. I'm going to share things with them, such as Social Security. Every client that comes in here, they got to bring a Social Security statement. Uh, we're going to go through a process, but they got to be open minded to understand that they heard this, they were told something before they ever walked in my door about what a financial advisor is. And what I want to do is open your mind. Let's just clear it out. And now let's start to build a process together. They got to be open minded to be willing to take advice. Uh, you know, golly, you know, I coached sports for, you know, 16 years between my three kids. The best kids were the ones who listened. Uh, obviously, I had the guidance to give it to them. But those kids who listen, number one, they're lifetime friends today. Uh, But they were the best athletes, and you hear that today in professional sports. You know, the athlete who's not above the team, he's about being part of the team. Well, you got to let go of your pre-notions of what you thought you were going to do in retirement when you meet with an advisor. You're coming here for me to guide you. But if you're going to come in here with a closed mind, we're never going to communicate. You got to open your mind because most people, I'm telling you, Gary, they have to set their mind when they're going to turn on social security before they ever walk into this door. And all of a sudden now, I'm telling them, that's not a smart move. And they got to be willing and honestly, 90 some percent listen. Because I've given them an angle of how we maximize the big picture. But you still got the 10%. Their mindset, this is what they're going to do. You can't work with those folks, unfortunately. So what are the
0: biggest challenges that you're facing right now?
1: Right now, obviously, we're not able to sit down. My business is an in-front person business where we can connect. Uh, when a client comes in here, you know, we're doing a Zoom interview. We're doing stuff over the phone, which is what we're doing. It's nice but it's not that warm feeling that they can connect with us. You know, I'm asking questions when they're in front of me, but on the phone it's a little bit more awkward to get that fuzzy feeling. Or if they're a prospect, for them to really give you all the information. Uh, Because they don't know me. Uh, They're looking at me on a Zoom interview or they're on the phone with me. They're not feeling, number one, my professionalism, hopefully, they're, that's what I'm hopefully delivering to, them. uh, you know, on a zoom interview, it's not the same. The disconnect is not as we had when we're in person with somebody. I think the human being loves contact. Uh, you know, this, this epidemic is, is so terrible because we're losing our social abilities just to be out there to talk to people, be in front of people, connect with people. You know, can't shake a hand today. Uh, golly, that's how it's brought up in this business. You know, you connect with a handshake. My dad would always joke and say, "Don't ever give somebody a fish." You know that loose handshake. Right. Grip it with with like like a man would grip it. Even my wife gives a hell of a handshake, but you grip them with a handshake, and you know you connect with somebody. We're missing that personal touch right now. Great. It's tough, and in, in all businesses, it's tough.
0: Yeah, it's definitely we're we're definitely in a different time now than we've ever been in. That's yes. for sure. Um, What would you like to share with our listeners that I haven't already asked you?
1: Well, you know, my, obviously my ideal client is somebody who's later in life because there's so many tools we can start to put in motion before they turn them on. So I want the guy or gal before they turn on social security. Uh, If I meet them at 66 and they've already turned it on, you know, it's hard to reverse the, the things that have already happened. But one of the things I always say is those clients that are 59, 60 years of age, they got kids and I cannot emphasize enough. I don't believe You know, I believe that social security is going to push back what they call FRA right now for somebody born after 1960. We don't get full retirement age benefits until we are 67 years of age. I think for the younger generation, it's going to be 68. They're going to push it back. Because of the situation where it's being underfunded. That scares me because we're dealing with a bunch of kids that are coming out with college loans. They probably don't have a job paying off the debt the way that they thought they were going to do. And they're not saving, Gary. Uh, That 25-year-old kid, you know, I came out, I came right out, man, I was saving. I didn't have a huge college debt. You know, most of us in that generation, we didn't. But I think about these kids today, and if they get that job, they don't think they can afford to put away, they've got to create the habit. Because they're not going to have possibly, unless they're a federal or state worker, they're probably not going to have a pension. Uh, So Sri's going to get pushed back. Uh, They need to create the savings. And if you had a million dollars today, just like if you got a million dollars and everybody says, oh, God, he's a millionaire. He's so set in life. Well, if you got a million bucks in the bank and I can withdraw 5% a year, that's only $50,000 a year of income to keep my head fat. So to that young person, don't wait till you're 35 when you can put in 10 grand a year. I don't care if you can only put in a couple grand a year. Mom and dad, bring them to somebody Let them sit down with somebody who can show them the value on a calculator, the difference between what a 25-year-old does and a 35-year-old does. Because I care about the youth in this world and where they're going to be in 30, 40 years. Uh, I was blessed that, you know, I started, you know, in the business. And my dad said, hey, Fred, you know, whatever they match, you put it in. I did it. Uh, but I see the young today, and maybe their, their, care, their company doesn't have it, doesn't stop them from doing a Roth IRA. And why do they want to do a Roth IRA? The tax breaks they get on that 5000 bucks or 4000 bucks they can put in there is minuscule compared to letting that compound over the next 40 years and getting the whole hen tax-free down the road. I don't think we put enough emphasis in education to the value a young person can do by putting money in a Roth IRA. Let that compound, because what you find is, and I, you can do this stat, if a 25-year-old puts money away, $5,000 a year, and he puts it away, he put in $200,000. But if it's worth a million bucks, that million dollars is tax-free. He only got a tax break on the 200000 So was that tax break that significant to a young person? I don't think so. I'd rather have a million dollars tax-free. And, again, I think the emphasis we need is educate the youth, too. You know, the guy is 55 years of age, Gary, we're not going to change him if they haven't created the Roth side of it. But we certainly can help the youth of those parents and making sure they're positioned for the long run because – you know, when I take money out of my IRAs, so a price similar to you, and I see a million dollars in there, Gary, it's not worth a million dollars because it hasn't been taxed yet. Correct. Based on your tax bracket. So if I got to give 22% federal tax and 7% state tax, I just lost in one day 29% of that million dollars. So you got to be, the youth have got to be learned early the benefits. You know, the average kid today is living at home till they're almost the age of 30. Not shockingly, because they're paying college debt. But that doesn't mean if they're living at home, they can't make sure they're doing that investment from that youth. Because it's like a snowball coming down a mountain. You know, the higher the peak is, the more that snowball is going to take the benefits. And it's not in your 40s and 50s. You're going to pull magic out of a hat. It's in your youth. So I think one thing we always say is, let's reach out to the young kids out there, making sure they're on a plan too. Right.
0: So if, uh, where should listeners go to learn more about you and be able to connect with you?
1: Uh, we have a website, uh, kreutzer, C-R-E-U-T-Z-E-R, financial.com. Uh, we do, uh, currently I do the financial advice for a couple of TV stations here locally in the Maryland area. I do with Fox News and I do WBAL. Always try to change the pattern of what we talk about. Because the whole aspect of retirement and financial planning, there's so many different angles. And one thing I always say, Gary, it's an individual situation for every single person that comes in here. There's no two people that are exactly like, I have yet to have two people that have the exact social security amount when they hit 67 or 70. Everyone's got to understand, you're an individual. Make sure whoever talks to you looks at you as an individual and you're not being put to a cookie cutter situation.
0: All right. So today we had uh, Fred Kutzer with Kutzer Financial Services. Fred, I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Gary. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.